When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, we roll into hour number three of Bart and Han. Alan Han, Bart Scott, 98.7 ESPN. Leading you up until the K-Show at 3 o'clock. And we are, it's Wednesday, so we always have a full buffet on Wednesdays in the final hour, and we just go around the world. I mean, we talk about everything. We've had our topics that we've gotten into. Maybe there's something that you want to get into with us. And as you know, with Bard, that means we can pretty much go anywhere, which I think have included so far, which it, um, we did the dating sites thing and uh, dating site nightmares, right? Yeah. You did that. You did the how many times thing, which um, not everybody was comfortable with. But apparently people wanted to share that with me yesterday as I walked around the Barclays Center. Five times, yo, bro. Yo, Han, yo, one down, five. Five? I'm like, what do you mean five? Five times. Five times what? He goes, I got, no, I you got, know what I mean. Five times. You know you and Bar. I was like, oh, I, got I didn't this, need to know that. I got Festina twice, and I got Palmetta three times, son. <laughs> one day, B. There's things that I'm like, I didn't need, and now I'm seeing your face, and I can't, like, I know. I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> Don't want to know these Got things. that dog in me, son. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently. You don't know what you're about to find out. <laughs> no, so, I'm not. So before we get to calls, though, can we can we look right now at the top of the East? Oh, I never paid this off. Let me let pay this off first. I'm sorry. Sauce Gardner. Before we get to the NBA stuff, I want to see what you think of this. Sauce Gardner uh, was answering some type of a question. Um, you know what? What name a free agent? No one's talking about that the Jets should sign. And so he jumped into the conversation, and he said, "Calvin Ridley and T. Higgins." Yep. First thing I'm going to ask you is: Is he answering this with any knowledge or just personal preference? He he wouldn't know. They they don't dispose that type of information to players. Uh, especially not one so young in his career. Maybe that's a conversation they have with Aaron Rodgers uh, when they're trying to make their board, but nah, that's not something they would dispel to, to Sauce. Now, it's interesting because the question isn't name a wide receiver. It's a free agent no one's talking about that the Jets should sign. And it's interesting that Sauce went right to wide receivers. Of course, that's that's exactly what they're what they because everybody knows that's who they're going to get. Everybody knows that. Okay, so so there's that. If what I'm saying is that Sauce Gardner didn't say, uh, you know, name name a tackle like like he didn't he didn't go that direction. You know, Trent Williams or whatever it is. Like he he didn't he didn't say anything like that. He went right to wide receivers. Now he would know them because he's he defends them in practice and all that, but. I guess also he's saying free agent, so he wouldn't have mentioned Devontae Adams there because Devontae is not a free agent. Yeah. But it just it seemed like Devontae would be the obvious target for this team because it's a trade. But can you see the Jets trying to get in on Calvin Ridley or T. Higgins? 
I mean, T. Riggins, T. Higgins is a big fish. That's that's the twenty million dollar annually guy. You know, that's yeah. the hundred million dollar receiver. Ridley may come at a slightly um, discounted price, maybe smaller, um, but he's still going to be uh, bring more than maybe Gabe Davis, or he's going to bring more than a guy like uh, Tyler Boyd. But it's, it's receivers out there. Who knows? Maybe okay. it's Hollywood Brown. You know what I mean? But it's it's got to be a, a, a significant upgrade. Somebody that can complement. You know, they thought that Alan Lazar was going to be that big possession, good blocking guy, and that still may be the case. But they need somebody that can that can go out and get you know get separation to make big plays down the field. They understand that. They recognize that. They're not taking Alan Lazar as like that's our guy. They're trying to replace Corey Davis, who gave them big playability, but was often hurt. So it's it's a lot of guys out there. You still got, like I said, Gabe Davis, Hollywood Brown, but these two names are definitely two names that should be in consideration. If you can get uh, T. Higgins, I just think T. Higgins eventually stops you from signing Garrett Wilson. But if you have an opportunity Ooh. to sign somebody for a third, for a third year, because just think, like I think AJ Brown is going to stop you know Philadelphia from being able to find Devontae Smith. What? I think Tyreek Hill is going to prevent them. You can't put. $40 million in two players in the same position. Uh-huh. No, no, and that explains why, of course, T. Higgins is available. Like, cause yeah, they because already, they, they, they decided to Jamar Chase. Right. They, they took care of their guy already, so it's just it's – just, Well, they ain't paid Jamar yet, I don't think. They haven't paid Jamar yet, but they know that they're not going to pay T. Higgins because they have to pay Jamar the year after. they have to pay Jamar. And Jamar and, and, and Joe Burrow obviously have that connection. So Ex- it's just – Exactly. That's the obvious thing to do. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, definitely something interesting, but I just found it interesting that Sauce Gardner would go there. 800-919-3776. Let's take Dave in the car. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's up, guys? Wanted to bounce something off of you. Um, You know, I look at the situation in Dallas. I look at the situation in Buffalo. I mean, Josh Allen is is a bit more of a runner and athletic. But, you know, I really do believe that game planning and execution could have made a huge difference for Dallas and the Bills to be playing this week. That being said, and looking at the aggressive move that the Boston Celtics, or excuse me, the Milwaukee Bucks are taking, right. mm-hmm. okay, and considering the shrinking windows, these windows seem to shrink in the NFL like almost every one and a half to three years. Yes. Why wouldn't you at least, even if you can do it on the QT, why wouldn't you want to interview someone like a Belichick? Because, I, I, like I said, and I'm standing by this, I look at the last three years of the Dallas Cowboys, two if not three out of the last three years in the playoffs, it was the execution that lost the game for them. Yeah, the problem. Am I wrong? The, pro- no, the, pro- the, the problem. Wrong. Right, the problem right now with a guy like, say, Bill Belichick is that he, he consumes a lot. He's going to demand a lot because he's earned the right to say that. And the thing is, sometimes with that, now I would say, like I said before, the guy that I would think that could change the culture, because it's not a talent acquisition thing when you think about um, Dallas. They're getting, they're not getting those guys to punch above their weight class. If you want the Bill Belichick type of effect where you're going to have discipline, tough, never be out uh, schemed and out prepared, you go with Mike Vrabel. Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, Mike, Mike yeah. Vrabel, when he get his, he went against Bill Belichick, out Bill Bill so much so that they had to change the rule the next year because he kept making this guy jump off sides to eat the clock up, and Bill kept making him trying to, to uh, accept the penalty, and he mm-hmm. he wouldn't accept it, and they changed the rule the next year. That's a guy that, that – but that's also a guy that's his own man because he never coached underneath Bill. He was just coached 
he just was coached by Bill, so he, he knows all those lessons. You never said that Tennessee – you can say that Tennessee underneath Ryan Tannehill has always exceeded expectations. That's a team that went into um, – to Buffalo and beat Buffalo and Buffalo. It's a team that has gone into Kansas City and beaten Kansas City um, when they clearly didn't have as much talent as as uh, they did. But they're tough. Dallas is a it's a it's a lack of grit and 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 being mm-hmm. able to fight through adversity. It's not a talent thing. They they got just as good of players as anybody no, in the NFL. It's not, it's but a, I, it's, it's a culture thing. Yes, and that's what Dave is talking about. And Dave, thanks for the call. And that's what he's talking about. And when you have the window like we're talking about here with Dallas. And you feel like it's a closing window. You got to pay Dak. You got to figure everything out of everybody else. You're going to have to pay Parsons. Like you, you want to make sure that you have everything set up. That you don't have to worry about lack of execution, lack of culture, lack of preparation. You want to have all of that taken care of. Sometimes a veteran coach, an older coach, needs the immediate situation because, like a coach at that level. You can't have him come into a development situation. We got to come in. We got to develop this thing. He doesn't have time for that. He wants to get right to work. Like, give me the ta- like. I have talent. I can get right to it. And so, Dallas out of anywhere, and I even include Atlanta. You told me you like Atlanta. They have a good roster. They don't have a quarterback. They have to get one. But they don't have a complete roster. They also don't have a culture. They aren't a team that has had pain of losing, and now they're they want to overcome it. So to, to drop Bill Belichick in there is not a instant gratification thing. That is a maybe in two years they'll have something. See, well, he's 73 so. years old. I, don't, I, don't now, I know so. you don't think so, but I'm telling you the reality is that's probably that. I mean, they're talking to Mike Vrabel too, so it's not like they're only dead set on, on Bill Belichick. Yeah, well, Harbaugh said no thank you. Well, of course, because well, that's not a place for him. But Dallas, out of any other place in the league other than maybe Buffalo, would be a place that you could plug and play Bill Belichick. And no, this is probably only like a three, a two to three year thing, but that's all right because that's the window we've got going, and you have a chance to do something special in those two or three years with him, and and I think that's it. So why aren't other teams? Why aren't we talking about why aren't other teams interviewing? I think it's because not every situation is ready for somebody like him, but but Dallas certainly feels like it is, and Buffalo feels like it is. But outside of that, Bart, tell me the team that has gotten as far as they can get and they can't get over the hump and you feel like part of it is coaching. The Chargers? Yeah, okay. There you go. There's your third one and we've already talked about that. So so I, it's a very interesting topic, but it is one why I would say if I'm Bill Belichick, I don't jump at any job. Jump at the right job and that might mean just, you know, take a year. Anthony is in Hawthorne. Anthony. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey, Bart. Um I've been dying to talk to you uh, before. So I'm going to the game this weekend, the Ravens game. Uh, cool. I went last weekend. It was awesome. It's an awesome environment. Um, but, again, that was C.J. Stroud and the Texans. This is uh, definitely a step up in class. Um, but it's all I think about when I wake up in the morning and when I go to bed. I'm super nervous. And you're my ex is an old guy. So I need you to give me some confidence uh, going into this game Sunday, how like how does the Ravens match up against the Chiefs defense? Well, f- well, first of all, Raekwon Smith and Patrick Queen uh, uh, Queen needs to put a hole in Pacheco's chest. 
Like, yeah, all that tough guy coming here, all brave, running high like that if you want to, you're going to end up with, with, with looking like a pest dispenser. They got to mm-hmm. set the tone early with that. Like, ain't no running allowed. And then Kyle Hamilton's going to have to be the all-pro that he is and be able to shut down Kelsey and make it difficult so that on the outsides, you know, you have to understand your personnel. Like, Valdez Scanlon is, is, is the deep guy. Right, so you know that Rice is the guy they they give certain things to. If Kadarius Tony's there, he's the gadget guy. So you have to understand your personnel, understand the formations, and understand what Andy Reid's going to do. You have to pay attention early. But if you stop that run game, I just don't think you know the Ravens are the much more talented team. And sometimes, like last week, you know they were able to do that because the the Buffalo defense was so unhealthy. This is the healthiest the Ravens has ever been going into the playoffs. And when you talk about everybody's there instead of Marlon Humphreys probably. You know, so you got guys coming back. Mark Andrews can come Mark's back. Play? Who, are you talking about Mark? Uh, the, no, Marlon, Marlon. Well, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. But he, he's a guy – like, Marlon should be able to play these guys because they don't have really a star shutdown receiver. You, you, you face that within your division, better guys in your division. When you think about you know, going against Pickens, you think about going against um, Chase, Higgins, you shut those type of guys down. You should have no problem, but you can't be arrogant with it because as soon as you don't respect that, that's when they get get over and they beat you. You know, Marlon can get lazy sometimes and give up big plays. They're going to have to stay locked in, dialed in. And understand that they're the better team. And Lamar's going to have to put pressure on them on the other side. You know, if you look at how, you know, um, Buffalo was able to run the ball against them, the Ravens should be able to run the ball. And Lamar's going to have to be ready just simply for those blitzes because they know they can't sit back and let Lamar, um, you know, burp the baby, so to speak. He's going to have to use his legs, but also at times he's going to have to threaten with his legs and throw over the top. All right, Anthony. So we'll see how the Ravens do, but that's going to be a fun game. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot in that game. There's so many different right. storylines. We can say a rivalry new because no. we haven't seen this rivalry because no. you know, even though the Ravens, when Lamar got hurt, was leading the divisions, yeah. they never could make it to the postseason simply because of the injuries. Let's take Arthur in the car. Arthur. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Good. Let's talk about the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first, the first game or two when we got Ananobi. For some reason, our bench looked good. He seemed like he was running Randall with the second bench, and Randall was making better plays in. He was catching Deuce. Deuce was hitting threes, and Grimes was hitting threes. He was a playmaker. And it seemed like they went away with that. It doesn't yes. seem like we need a starter in with that bench. You Without do have a starter. Without bench guys. Well, you do. You do. It's four bench guys and OG Ananobi. He ended up getting that role – because they want to get OG some shots. They want to get OG involved in the offense and get him comfortable as a focal point, and it's something that he can't be when he's playing with Randall and Brunson, which is the majority of his minutes. So it's an opportunity to get OG going as a scorer, which is, I think, something he wants. Look at his shots per game when he came to this team. It went down. And so no player wants that. They want to get their shots, and this is an opportunity to do that. So they're trying to help him find his way as a, as a bit of a focal point with the bench players. That's that's what changed. And Randall is staying in his regular rotation instead of moving him to different – because he's more comfortable. Randall's comfortable when you can give him the first quarter. Uh, and so they didn't want to right. mess him up either. Remember, Barrett used to play those minutes with the bench. So they gave it to OG, and they're asking OG to kind of do the same thing as RJ, which is, you know, this is your time to shine. You don't worry about don't worry about having to defer. 
Yeah, but that doesn't seem like he's comfortable, regardless of whether he wants it or not. It doesn't seem like he's comfortable in that role. Right, but Arthur, it don't you have to give him like an opportunity? He's pushing. Well, he's well, don't, pushing. But right, but Arthur, don't you have to give him an opportunity to just give him a few games until he get like well, let's see how this works. Yeah, yeah. You can't I, just I do it one game and then say forget the, it. So you give him some time no. and you see how that works, and then if it's clearly not going the right way, then you make then you kind of make an adjustment. But that's why you ask me why, and I'm I'm just telling you why. I mean that's that's the best I can explain is why they're doing it. Right. I mean, because okay. in early on, Deuce was looking excellent to me. Deuce is more of a catch and shoot guy. If yes, you he get is. Deuce and, and Grimes, right? Catch and shoot, but yep. when you ask Deuce to come in and make plays and run, yes. run, run the point and right. run, you know, he he struggles. Yes, you know, and Arthur, it seemed like when Randall was in that role. Yeah, they when make Randall him the playmaker. Was in that role with the bench, and he was getting rid of that ball. Right, the bench was looking good. But Arthur, we, Arthur, I'm telling you, I, lately. you're absolutely. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. I'm just explaining to you how a coach how a coach thinks. The whole idea is okay, but we don't want to take Randall out of what he's comfortable with, which is the first full first quarter and the rotation and how you play players so they get their proper rest. And so, uh, Ananobi wants to get some shots. He wants to be a focal point at times. So this is an opportunity to give him that. So you have to let him have some games until he finds it. And Deuce, you're asking him to prove that he can be a point guard who can handle the ball and run an offense. You also can't one game say, well, you can't. You got to give him games until he starts to. You got to show him film, give him live action, let him figure it out. And in that time, you have a trade deadline coming. So you assess and then you tell yourself, all right, we're not seeing enough progress to tell us that Deuce is the answer. So now we got to go trade for a backup point guard, right? Like, so you got to give those. Not like one or two games. You got to give it like a block of games, a ten game run, and see what it looks like, and then assess from there. And that's what the trade line deadline is going to tell us. So while everything that Arthur said there is correct, it's it's not going to change because this is this is how they want to do it, you know, right now. Edwin in Tribeca, Edwin. Hey guys, good afternoon. I was on hold for a minute, so I just want to shout out Ray Dinahan, Jake. You guys do a great job blending in. Different um, and Tom topics. and Tom as well. Yes. Oh, t- Tom too as yep. well. Can't forget him. Um, I just before I get to my next point, Alan, can I just ask Bart real, real question real quick? Uh, based off Tannen bombs, just did. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, would you go into the season with JJ McCarty? We'll go up and trade up and get a second round pick and get a lineman first with the first round pick, or depending if we got to trade back, would you go into the season with JJ McCarthy, Jacoby Merced? And Aaron Rodgers, and we'll still be able to get those free agents. Garrett's talk about and, and um, Sauce, and still be able to because I know the free agency's first. But would yeah, you go into because I, I want to redshirt him. God, I mean, I, I think a guy like JJ McCarthy has some promise. It reminds me a little bit of like Desmond Ritter and what you see in in Atlanta. But you know that doesn't mean that he can't be successful. He's a guy that's a mobile quarterback. Who knows? He gets to sit for a couple years and sit behind two veteran. Um, quarterbacks where he really gets to learn um he doesn't count against the roster because you can put a guy up the third quarterback the emergency quarterback and he doesn't count against your your um, game day count 
and then he can develop. And then let's see if you can strike gold and find your next Kirk Cousins or your next Dak Prescott or your next Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't think that's a bad plan. I think they definitely are going to draft a young quarterback this offseason mm-hmm. uh, and, and see if you know they can you know strike gold. You know, but you have to be able to do that because you you know you we all know Zach is out of here. Who knows if they just outright like, release him or if they find a place for him to get some type of compensation. But um, I think that's a that's right. a very good game plan. What they have to do. Go ahead and ask Allen what you got because I don't want you to run out of time. I, I, Allen, what, what you think about Grayson Allen, or if not, bringing back uh, Timmy Two Gloves? I know I know Bart would like that, <laughs> but uh, Tim Hardaway or bringing in uh, a Grayson Allen to be yeah. that uh, depth. Yeah, that neither team has given up those guys. The Mavs love Tim Hardaway and what he's been able to do for them, especially when if Kyrie's hurt, out yeah. or Luca's out. The, the Tim Hardaway slides right into the starting lineup and plays very well. And Grayson Allen, I mean, they don't have enough defenders on that team in Phoenix, and that's one thing that he has done. Bruce he has, he has really come Grayson into Allen. his own play in there, and I I think they love him there. So I don't I don't see either one of those guys, Edwin, you know, even being available. So yeah. and unfortunately, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you'd love yeah. both of those guys, but no, Bruce Brown, right? Is is if you're looking for a Grayson Allen type. Yeah, yeah, I mean Bruce Brown. He's been to, he's been to a, you know he's won the championship. He's been there. He's, he's an been integral a part of that. on a good yeah. team. So he he's been there and and can fit in. Um, you know, is he? A, he's not really a great ball handler. So I'm not. I still need that, right? So like I said, if I'm being greedy, Brogdon and and Bruce Brown would would be two guys that I would feel like uh, I, I'd rather have, right? Like if I could do two players, if I can get two, that's the two. Um, I just still going to be very careful with how much I give up for them. All right, we'll continue with your calls at eight hundred nine nine three seven seven six. And and on the Nick topic, I just want to let's take a look at the East right now because the top of the East, each team has a flaw, has a concern that doesn't make them invulnerable, and that's why it does open the door. If you're Cleveland, Miami, Indiana, or the Knicks. You're looking up at those guys in the penthouse, and you're saying, you know what? Each one of you can get knocked off. I'll tell you what each one of them should be concerned about and why the Knicks could be a team that nobody wants to face in the playoffs. All that stuff coming up and your calls as well. Stay with us. Barton Hahn, 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. The ESPN New York Superbox Bonanza 5, giving away over $10,000 in cash and prizes. All qualifiers will get a $25 Fanatics gift card and a chance at one of 10 Superboxes 
with prizes including a big screen TV, Apple AirPods, uh, an Apple AirPods Pro, actually. Uh, get your box for the big game by listening to DPHO and Rothenberg in the morning. Our show, of course. We already did that at 12 o'clock hour. And then the Michael K. Show, which begins here at 3 o'clock. You get a chance to win $500 in the first and third quarters, $1,000 at halftime, and a final score payout of $2,000. It's all brought to you by Telemore Dew Irish Whiskey and the brand new Telemore Dew Honey and Security Dodge. Say it, Bart. Come get some. Yes, for full contest. Contest details, go to superboxbonanza.com. Let's look at the top of the East real quick in the NBA. Because you have the Boston Celtics, who it just feels like, you know, with when you look at their record, how good they are at home. They're 20-1 at home, 34-10 and 10, uh, on the season, best team in the sport, right? They look like they are, they are indomitable. They have an issue with closing games. Now, you'd say, well, that's ridiculous. They've only lost 10 games. But they do give leads back. Like, that is something to watch in a, in a series and in playoffs and all that stuff. Their bench has gotten better, but you certainly think that the Celtics aren't going to just go into the, the playoffs with what they've got. But their starting five is as good as anybody's in the league, and as long yeah. as it stays healthy, which with yes. Porzingis is always you a concern. Yep. Right. And so they, that's them. But they are right now the standard, the gold standard. Then there's the Milwaukee Bucks. They are 30-13, and 13, and you're like, wow, that's a hell of a season. They just fired their coach. At 30 and 13. Why? Because they have the third worst defense in the league. So 30 and 13 means they are just outscoring you. But that doesn't, we all know in the playoffs that's not sustainable. It doesn't work that way in the playoffs. You don't outscore opponents. Now, I mean, technically you do, I guess. You're supposed to outscore them. That's how you win. But you know what I mean. You don't just blow teams out with your offense and give up a ton of points. It doesn't work that way. You have to have some semblance of defense. Let's see if Doc Rivers, who was just. Uh, at Woj reporting that he will take over as the head coach now. Let's see if Doc changes things there and gets yeah. them back to playing some defense. You know what's funny? What's funny? Uh, in, in in L.A. with the Clippers, mm-hmm. what's the one play that they couldn't stop? The, the the one play that the Clippers couldn't stop? Yeah, that got him out of there. He made no adjustments for. It was the pick and roll. Well, they they dominated the pick and roll with the Clippers. They, they That's what they ran constantly. That was but, Lob City. But but remember they couldn't like, stop it either because they had Chris Paul who who just got right, swallowed up in screens all the time. Right. So now you got Dame, Dame Lillard, Lillard. Mm-hmm. and now you got a seven foot heavy footed uh center too. Which is why I would watch <laughs> the Bucks at the trade deadline. I would watch them very carefully at the trade uh, deadline. Yeah. You, you, you know, think they want to get some defense in there? Yeah, you know who they need? Who? Nick Claxton. Eh, I watched him last night. Nah, no. But he's a no. he, he's an he's an athletic big. He is athletic, but he plays small and he can't catch. There's a lot of stuff with him that I didn't like what I saw last night. Yeah, he should be cheap. All right, well, let's go down the line. So Philadelphia 76ers are third, 29 and 13. Sounds like a really good record, right? They're 17 and six at home, which is really good. Let me give you another record. Do you know what they are when Embiid doesn't play? Three and seven. Now it's only ten games. Right? That's not so bad. It's only 10 games. But why doesn't he play? He's managing a knee that gets inflamed at times. And yeah. We you see can Kawhi see. do it. We see he Kawhi fights, do it. Yeah, he fights through it. But he fights through it. But his whole thing is always getting to the finish line, still able to play at a high level. And every time we get to the playoffs, that seems to be a problem. So watch Embiid and see. Where he is, it's not about right now because right now he's playing out of his mind. I mean, he's playing as good as you've ever seen him play. He's playing great. But in April and May, 
where is he going to be physically? Where is that knee going to be physically? Because if he's not available or not near 100%, the Sixers are not the same team, especially if they don't have James Harden. Therese Maxey has had a great year, but look at that roster and take away Joel Embiid and you see a team that wins three out of ten. That, 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 to me, is the biggest concern. If you're in Philadelphia, your worry is that all of your hopes are resting on one guy's knee, and that's it. Well, isn't that for anybody, though? Because isn't the Clippers' hopes resting on the knee of Kawhi? Well, you also have Paul George and you have James Harden. That's why you do that. Yeah, but, but but with no Kawhi, it's yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, it's, to win a it's, championship. To win a championship, yeah, of course. But I'm talking about even just competing. I mean, the Sixers haven't gotten out of second round it's all about Embiid, and he's – look, Kawhi looked – did you watch him last night? He doesn't look like that knee's bothering him at all. He looks great. Embiid, though, every couple of nights, keep an eye on him, and then he's dragging his leg up the court, and he's just fighting through it and fighting through it. But he's, he's just been so efficient this year, his numbers are off the charts. But as I watch him, that 70-point game was, a, was an impressive performance, but it wasn't like I was watching a guy that had a, a, a whole lot of energy in his body and really was moving around well. It's a guy that is just really efficient, really smart, really strong, and a great score. But April and May, as we've seen with this team, so like I said, no one is – there's no Chicago Bulls. There's no Golden State Warriors here is what I'm saying. Like there are – these teams are not, oh, we're never going to beat them. You can in certain situations. But this thing's jumbled, Bart. You are talking about the seventh-place team of the Pacers, and they're 24-20. and 20. And they are essentially like you're talking about like a three and a half game difference from fourth place to seventh place. So there's four teams that are right now the Cavs, the Knicks, the Heat, and the Pacers, who are all jumbled up in this middle part, the midsection of the East, and you don't want to be seventh because you don't want to be in the play in. So man, like like there's four like a team like the Knicks, and everybody's talking about it. they're ten games over five hundred. And you look at one or two moves at the deadline, not massive moves, not headline moves, not blockbuster deals. I'm talking about a shrewd, smart addition here, addition there, right kind of piece. The Knicks could be a very dangerous team. And I'm t- look, anybody that knows me has known when I've talked about this team, I have always acknowledged the flaws and concerns and that they're not there yet and they're not there yet. But I have watched this team enough this season. I've seen what they've got chemistry-wise and culture-wise that they've got built within this group that it does give me some anticipation that I think they could be that team you don't want to face. They've got to add two pieces, I think, to the bench. And if they do, boy, they're legit. Are they willing? What are they willing to give up to get it? Well, you can't overpay for what I think they need. Well, Brogdon, you, you're definitely going to have to overpay for. Well, overpay or just it's, it's, pay it's, what the going rate would be for a guy like that. It's going to be a market for that guy. Of course there is. There, Yeah, someone like him, smart player, yeah, there'll be a market. Of course. Yeah. You know, I mean, do you do, you do that or do you do – here's here's the other thing that I, mean, why I would wouldn't Boston, a fast why, one. Why wouldn't Boston want him back? Uh, they love Peyton Pritchard. I think they're pretty comfortable there. I thought you said they need some depth. They bench. Uh, well, no, their bench. I said their bench has played better. Okay, it really has. It has come along uh, since the beginning of the season, which everybody thought it was a concern, but it's gotten better and better to their credit. Like I said, it's also a part of me that just wants to have a conversation with Kyle Lowry because I've been told there's nothing left. 
Like the wheels have fallen off. There's really nothing left at this point. He's 38. It just doesn't have anything left. But if he's bought out by the by the Hornets, and he's there, and it's you know it's February, it's March, whatever it is, and you just tell him, take three four weeks, get yourself into shape, get you get your body right, whatever you need to do, and then before there's a deadline that you can sign players so they're eligible for the playoffs, we'll sign you, and then you know you come on this run. He would be on paper the right fit. His high IQ, smart, you know, good, you know, can handle the ball, can run an offense, just you know, can shoot the three, a lot of things there. But it, and it'd be very, very cheap, be very cost effective. But it's also a risk because if I tell him, go ahead and take, you know, take three, four weeks and get your body right, and then he comes back and he's even heavier. That's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. Nicki Minaj, exactly. So. But I just wanted to point out, like, the top of the East, when everybody talks about how, you know, you, you're not going to get into the level of the Celtics and the Bucks and the Sixers, it's like, no, you're not going to in everybody's eyes. But don't tell me that you don't have a puncher's chance against any of these teams with depth and what you got out of that starting five as long as everybody's healthy. I mean, if you don't get Isaiah Hardenstein back, forget it. You know, like, they, don't, they, they have to make sure that he's okay, which he, it sounds like he's day-to-day. And Mitchell Robinson, we haven't talked about, but he he wants to try to come back by the end of the season. If you get is that, this a, is this an Aaron Rodgers thing though? Where you might say, "Hey, man, nah, man." Yeah, you might, you might, you might, nah, because you don't good. want it to be a long term thing, right? We good. But I'm telling you, if, if you have that, if you have that, and and one or two smart bench moves at the deadline, I do believe, and I haven't said this in years, I do believe the Knicks could be a really tough out in the playoffs, a team that it would not shock me to get even as far as the Eastern Conference Finals and who knows, you know, again, more. That's what they've got. That's what they've got brewing right now. And I've, I have not felt like this about this team in a long time. Anyways, 800-919-3776. We got calls to finish up with, a little Bartstradamus to take you home before we hand it off to the K-Show. But I've got something for you, Bart Scott. Mm. You know what I've got for you? Come get some? No, I don't have come get some. <laughs> but if you've been watching the NFL playoffs from the sidelines, there's still time ah. to get in on the game with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers bet this Sunday's conference championship games with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. And FanDuel has so many ways for you to pick up a dub. And you got to listen to Lunch Money on Friday. Alex Monaco is going to join us, and we're going to go through the picks because he had a pretty good divisional round performance, Bart. So if you want to follow maybe Alex Picks or anything else, go to FanDuel right now. Get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Allen to join today. That's FanDuel.com slash Allen. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and physically present in New York. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text OPEN-Y 467-369. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. It's time. Oh, yes. Time for Barstradamus. 
Only three more weeks of Barstradam is left before I return to the dark side. It's brought to you by Samuel oh. Institute for Pain Management. So let's get right to it, Barshadamus. I don't do, do that cold weather. I don't do this cold weather. Three more weeks of Barshadamus, and I shall go to the dark side where it's warm. Go to hibernate. All right, so tell us what you're seeing then in the future. I'm, I'm seeing teachers, teachers, architects of organizations. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing coaching landing spots as they are coming close to their conclusion. Oh. oh, first let's start off on the left side. Many believe it's the best side. Oh, yes. Who's got it better than the Chargers? Nobody. Nobody. As they finally make the decision to bring Jim Harbaugh, the comeback kid, back to California. But, oh, now instead of going to the championship in the Super Bowl with the 49ers, he may say, go, Chargers, go. So it is said, Allen. All right, so it shall be. And, oh, so it shall be. Wow, so the Chargers actually opening Mm. up the purse strings and getting in Jim Harbaugh. That's a big one. Okay, anything else? dirty, dirty south. Oh, no. I've had mixed signals with this one. Hmm. Oh, I've seen a familiar friend, a Sith Lord, a fellow Dark Side residents. Oh, but no, no lose sweet lemon pepper wings for Bill as his young disciple takes his spot in his seat at the throne. Oh, Mike Vrabel comes and sticks the victory out of the grasp of Bill Belichick. Mm. And we shall see Bill, oh, yes, on network television. Oh, no. And I oh, find your he's, lack of faith disturbing. And he's so articulate. Oh, but he has bigger plans. Blue plans. Oh, really? That she'll take time to develop. More spells has to be cast. I will finish. More darkness. What you started. Has to cast. As Bill sits a year out and he eyes the seat of Big Blue. A prodigal son returns, but not so fast. No. So it is said, Alan. The Force. It's calling to you. So it shall be. Sometimes you win. Oh, to later lose. Be wary. Very wary. As the architects are beginning to build. That's ominous. That was an impressive Barstradamus. Brought to you by Samwell Institute for Pain Management for a pain-free life. Visit samwellpain.com today to recap. We have Jim Harbaugh with the Chargers, Mike Vrabel emerging in Atlanta, and Bill Belichick hovering, doing some network TV for a year, and then suddenly maybe merging back. The Force. That's not the one I wanted to hit. That's not the one. Anyways, it was this one. I will finish what you started. Belichick. Mm. Talking to Parcells. 
Ooh, that gave me chills. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, Bart, that is a scenario in a way I'm kind of rooting for. Not that I, I, I like Brian Dable, but it just to me, there's such a great story to that. Well, I would Hang love around, baby. I would love for us to buy it and, and force him to have to talk to me every week. <laughs> we get him as a weekly. Actually, he'd have fun with us. He oh, would, yeah. Like everybody else does. You have fun on the K-Show. That's coming up next. Bart, see you tomorrow. Uh-huh. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.